2: Voted, and we're following through with those fucking votes. So, God bless you because you decided to vote for my pick, the Giver, the fucking masterpiece with Mark Hamill and like half the cast of Reanimator. So, let's talk about this batshit crazy live action anime that I don't think Charles Band had ever anything to do with, (laughs) but like. But like a lot of the people that Charles band works with had a lot of things to do with this. Movie. Well,
0: I got a question real quick. When's the first time you guys actually saw the Guyber? three days ago. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: So for me, I saw the opening scene of this movie on like showtime and it scared the bejesus out of me. And I shut off the TV and like, Not more than two weeks later, I went to sleep over at a friend's house and his dad went to rent a movie and he rented the fucking Giver. So I had to face that fear like immediately after the first time. And I love this movie. I like rented it. I hooked up the two VCRs and made a copy of it. And I would take it to friends' houses all the time. And then like I bought the actual VHS tape. And then when I moved to DVD, I bought the actual DVD. I fucking love this movie. And. I'll say this up front real quick, because this is actually the last note I have, but I'll say it up front. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh, oh, you're, you're just going from... Uh, it, I was like, you have yeah. one note? That's ridiculous. No, no, no. This movie, watching it as an, as an adult, I realize that it is a bad movie, but there's like that nostalgia love for it. But I will say that the sequel, Giver 2, The Dark Hero, is genuinely a good fucking movie. Really? Well, because they did the smart thing and went for like a hard R movie and it's like about them finding a second Giver unit and one of the aliens getting it and turning into like an alien version of the Giver and him having to have like a full-on war in a mine during it. But it's actually like well-made, well-shot, well-paced, good fight scenes. Like it's everything that this movie's not. (laughs) Um, But the Giver... The Giver 2 would not make for a good episode of Horror Movie Night where The Giver 1 is a fucking masterpiece for Horror Movie Night. Well, I was gonna, <laughs> um, Let
0: me inject a little knowledge for someone who might not remember when this movie came out. They marketed this as Mark Hamill was The Guyver. <laughs> Are you guys aware of that? Uh, the, oh,
1: yes. Yeah, it's yes. the
0: cover. Uh, that's why I was like, <laughs> he's awful in this movie.
1: Um, I, I mean, I'll dive into that eventually, but he's not a good actor in this
2: at all. No. This was, like, I feel like just before Batman the Animated Series kind of recharged his batteries and just, like, the tail end of that post-Star Wars slump that he was in.
0: Oh, yeah. After this, he becomes the Joker. And before that, he plays the trickster in the live-action The Flash show, which I don't know if you guys have seen that, but that's <laughs> oh, pretty yeah. abysmal, too. So You know, he plays the
1: trickster. So that was the one that had the dad from... Um, Dawson's Creek in it, right? The original Flash show? Yes, I think so.
2: I think so, yeah. Because
1: then he also plays the trickster in the uh, the, the modern one. Too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is really fun. That was a fun callback. I All mean, right. like, it's fun. That, it's a fun callback. That show is not fun. The, that show used to be fun. <laughs> the show is no longer fun.
2: So this movie starts off. With the most confusing opening <laughs> opening narration <laughs> in, in a long time. So I'm going to read it. I, I was excited to find out that it was on IMDb. So this is literally the very first thing that you get in this movie. At the beginning of time, aliens came to Earth to create the ultimate organic wema- weapon. They created mankind. <laughs> Uh, by planting a special gene into man, they created Zonoids, humans who can change at will into super monster soldiers. Eons later, the Zoonoid leader, known as the Zolord, has awoken Z-Lord. and formed, <laughs> formed the Kronos Corporation to further develop the Zonoid technology for world domination. Among the alien remains, find the unit, a bio... <laughs> a bio boosted alien armor. Worn by the aliens, it serves as an ordinary shield. If the wearer is human, it increases his natural po- uh, powers a hundredfold. He becomes the Giver. But how to activate it remains a mystery. Dr. Tetsu, a research scientist at Kronos, senses danger if this unit is activated by the Lord, and the doctor has stolen it and is on the run. Like, none of that makes sense. That's not like, not, that. reading it out loud was the first time I was like, oh, because forever I was like, oh yeah, everybody's aliens. No, they're human <laughs> beings that were embedded with a special thing that made them turn into monsters. <laughs> like... This fucking movie is
0: it, it's, it's real high concept. They should have just had the guy from Ancient Aliens pop up and go, alien. Is any of this even possible? <laughs> I believe so.
1: So my first note is Zoineds, huh? See Well, see you later. Like I I didn't know what to say. Um So I went into this movie completely blind, except knowing there's basically a live action anime and Mark Hamill post Star Wars was in it, uh, billed as the main character, but was this hardened detective instead. I, I, that's all I knew. And, um, then I'm watching it and I'm texting Matt and I'm, I I don't think I was done yet. And I was texting with Matt and I'm like, dude this movie is great. And and you're like, well, or no, I think oh, I, I, it was before I started it, I said, live action anime, how could this go wrong? And you're like, well, the guy that gave us the cockroach transformation from Nightmare 5, Scream Mad George, uh, directed it. And I'm like, <laughs> no. I, I mean, I love his special effects work, but can he direct? So the answer is no, he can't
2: at all. But this movie
1: is still a A really good time.
2: He can still bring out some awesome special effects, because I remember when the very first transformation happens and that dude just looks like the Gilman from Monster Squad, I was like, on on
1: board. Like, this is awesome. Oh, yeah. Like, you're not even five minutes in and you get a transformation. It's pretty sweet.
2: Yeah. I mean, this movie is very aware of who its audience is at the very least.
0: Now, was this the first uh, anime turned into a live action in America? Like... Is this kind of a pivotal moment?
2: No. No, I think Fist of the North Star happened first. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. With, with, uh... That's bad. Yeah, with, like, Chris Penn. One of the Pens is in it. (laughs) But, yeah, it's pretty bad. So... We see the, the, the doctor turns into the Gill Man, and then Michael Berryman is in this movie, and he somehow turns into a monster scarier than Michael Berryman, and then they <laughs> fight.
0: <laughs> and Michael- Yeah, I got to say, if you're an alien trying to pretend to be a human, looking like Michael Berryman is not a good choice. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's like, it's like <laughs> what, was Clint Howard busy that day? <laughs> like, um, oh, man. <laughs> So it's brutal. Oh, we should also mention Jimmy Walker is one of these creatures, but we'll get to that it's later. Weird.
1: It's just the weirdest combination of people in this movie. <laughs> uh, it's like a who's who of the 80s. But this movie is like 93 or something like that. 91 or 93. 91. Uh, I think. 91. But it's just uh, this movie just it has every it has the deck stacked against it for me, but it totally does it for me. So uh, I, I, real quick, before I know that Matt wants to like actually try and explain the plot, which is just kind of a a, a fool's errand for a movie like this. But before just, you do that, just Matt. Just
0: pushing a rock up a hill right now. <laughs> hey, you read the intro. That explained it perfectly. <laughs> yeah,
1: pretty much. Uh, I also have a note about that intro that said, this exposition is just terrible, but I can't tell if it's the content or the narrator. The guy is th- the worst. And I think that it might be the content and the narrator because, I mean, Matt. I love you, but you're not like real
2: good at reading good. No, no, <laughs> especially when it's a lot of nonsense words.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but I at the same time, it's like a head scratcher that you know that the, that's probably straight from the anime, whatever. I don't even care. Like it's a stupid concept. It is such like a dumb idea. And I don't even give a shit. This movie is like a kid's movie. And so I am totally fine with how dumb the logic in that beginning is. So what I want to get to right here at the beginning where this is before the first transformations. is When you first see Michael Berryman. (laughs) And I, I did not realize that was him. And so I have him as the gang dude wearing shorts. Um, and I said the gang dude wearing shorts is running after the doctor and he does the weirdest little awkward shuffle down the concrete gully after the doctor do you uh, you know what I'm talking about yeah. he's like it's like this weird little duck walk and then he's like hey man where you going which is pretty much what he, the way he talks the entire movie and he raps the same way like we have to point out the fact that there are raps monster raps in this movie <laughs> Oh it's
2: but it's I mean he has he has. Abs- it's not charming. Yeah. Don't even try no, no. to say it's charming. He has absolutely no flow or st- like. He's just like I want that Javin Javin thing. Like that rap went out oh. in like 1978. Like he could have been a member of the Sugar Hill Gang, maybe. <laughs> but in 1991, <laughs> like he had nothing. Go- like he like even Will Smith would be like, "Wow, that's pretty bad." Like he's not a good rapper I, at well, all. No, no, no. By
1: 1991, I think that that. Hip hop had finally filtered down into uh white class suburbia, and so all the kids that this was more or less you know, like angled towards were probably you know, they like you know, they saw the Ninja Turtle rap, and I mean, that was what two years after this, but you know, like Vanilla Ice was out doing his thing. I know
2: it's just unfortunate to think that this is this is like two
1: years after Straight Out (laughs) of (laughs) Compton, like it's you you have to wrangle all of white america to really bring them <laughs> into the light of, that is that is hip hop. So, um uh, anyway, Michael Berryman not a gangster rapper.
2: Well, and Jimmy Walker also spitting mad verses. That's who I was referring to with his mad <laughs> verses. Uh his, his, oh, his oh, bars. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, he's he's worse actually. I think they do they both do raps or No, there's it, that big there's that Jimmy Walker does the raps and then there's like the fat Hispanic guy with the Mario mustache who beatboxes. Okay. Okay, sorry. I was
1: I was um getting them mixed up. It's, well,
2: I mean, Michael Berryman, Jimmy Walker, basically identical. With Jimmy Walker. <laughs> it's, no, there's there's your Cas- gosh. it's because I know them by... There's your cast for uh, twins, there's, too. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh,
1: are we going to, like, start from the beginning of this episode over again so I don't sound like a complete racist asshole? Or...
2: I don't think it's racist. I just think like it's dumb. <laughs> it's, <just laughs> not, it's, it's racist against no-anoids is what That's true. It is. All zoanoids do look alike.
0: I don't know. If you can't tell the difference between Michael Berryman and Jimmy Walker, I'd say you're the least racist person. In the world, (laughs) (laughs) if you can't do
1: them in their rubber monster suits, then I think maybe I get a pass. So anyway, we have not one but two rubber suit monsters and an actual monster um, transformation in the within the first three minutes. It's not five minutes; it's three minutes. And that first two minutes is the um, exposition. So we're, <laughs> we're getting down to real fast, which I love. Um, and, I, and I actually have a note, like, after that, I'm like, okay, Guyvert, you have my attention. Uh, <laughs> it, it was basically when it won me over, and the next hour and a half or whatever, well, no, this movie movie's re- relatively short. So the next hour and some change uh, <laughs> was a goddamn joy. I mean, even, even watching Monster Raps... <laughs> 1991 monster apps for little white kids um no this movie still is just a treasure oh man I and mean, then there's this like your can is packed man uh it, i don't remember who says that or why but i think it's when like the doctor as a zoonoid uh as
2: a rubber suit monster gets his like face smashed in And that's the part that scared me as a kid, was watching him get his face smashed in.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, actually, um, since since I'm an adult and I've seen so much head trauma, it it, it didn't really bother me, especially because it's very dark in that scene. But, um, you know, when you're a kid, your mind kind of fills in the blanks. It reminds me of when I saw Toxic Avenger 2. Um, I must have been eight, and it was on cable. And you know that part where he squishes the guy in the fucking chair in the wheelchair and then he pulls the other dude's arms off and or ears off and goes can you hear me now can you hear me now yeah that made me almost legitimately vomit because i was so <laughs> upset by it as a kid like i was like hey and i was like oh oh my god um so i can only imagine that was what this was like for you but then the dude from the hills have eyes is like what a waste of a good brain that those are two <laughs> actual lines from this film so you can
2: tell that they spent a long time on the uh on the script well, and this is where we get one of the highlights of this movie. Honestly, I think the theme song to *The Giver* is fucking awesome. It is. Where I have a note about that. So, oh, it,
1: actually, it was my note goes: anime bad guys laugh at everything. And then I have a note that says, solid intro theme. So that's actually, we're right there. But did you notice how like the bad guys just laugh at the stupidest shit in this? And it, it also, is yeah. I thought that it was just like they were doing it for dramatic effect in One Punch Man, because I don't watch a lot of anime. I actually don't watch any anime. I watched One Punch Man because it's really entertaining. But I don't like anime. I mean, we've been over that before. But yeah, everybody laughs. All the bad guys laugh maniacally at the stupidest shit in this movie. And it's, so it is like a a meme, I guess. Right.
2: Yeah. But I was going to say the theme song, the melody line to me, and this is going to be really obscure. I feel like, but the melody line to the Giver theme is identical to the melody line for the David the Gnome theme song.
0: Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm
2: just saying, look up the Guyver theme, and then look up the David the Gnome theme, and you'll you'll hear it. You'll hear that that melody. So then we cut to this like kung fu jujitsu training thing, and uh, this is where we debut Mark Hamill, who for some reason is checking in at a random dojo to look for a girl who's not even in the dojo class <laughs> who just happens to be standing there. Oh, just yeah, but,
0: why is she there? Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah hanging out Because she's Asian. Apparently like this movie is like kind of racist. <laughs> I don't know if you guys noticed, but even by 1991 standards, I feel like everybody's like every non Caucasian person is kind of a caricature.
0: Yeah, a little so bit. So wait, you're telling me... Well, I guess we're only talking about, you're like... You're telling me, Campbell, yeah. like, well, she's Asian. I guess I'll check the dojo. And then he got it right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: knocked, yeah. Knocked it out of the park. Dude, this movie, any scene that doesn't involve the zonoids is, like, beyond boring anymore. Like, I'm just like... Yeah,
1: yeah, no. No, I, I made it through because I had to hear the ridiculous shit that they were going to, to spout. Um but you could actually fast forward, you could 2X or maybe 4X your way through everything except for the zoonoid fights. And I feel like the movie makes us the same amount, it would make the same amount of sense either way.
2: And it'd only be like 20 minutes shorter. Like it's, when, when like he becomes the Giver. it is just fucking kaiju rubber suit monsters fighting from that point on. And it's glorious. So, so did
1: you guys realize that every dojo, like the first move you learn um, and, and I didn't know this until I watched this film because I would never learned karate. But apparently, the first, the first uh, throw that you learn when you go to an Asian dojo to learn the 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 martial arts, all in caps, uh, is the uh, hand out then slick
2: your hair back psych. Um, so I learned something. So I uh, we can jump ahead just a little bit uh, here because there's not too much except for some quick extended exposition but basically Mark Hamill was supposed to meet up with the doctor who got his head smashed and his daughter is this girl who's dating the guy who will eventually be the Guyver whose side note first movie he was ever in was as a random student in the movie Student Bodies so that we got that going
1: huh. that's real i mean that's really bringing it back to to what we do here at horror movie night <laughs> is talk about mediocre <laughs> 80s books.
2: but so so uh future Guyver is hanging out and he finds this lunchbox and decides to open it for whatever reason and finds the gyver inside of it and uh takes it with him, but then he's accosted by the grown up version of the bullies from Hocus Pocus, and they keep pushing him, <laughs> keep pushing him around and they're calling him Kung Fu Man condescendingly. <laughs> and, he like, and why so so are those guys supposed to be a Hispanic gang? I think so.
1: Well because they were just Cholos, yeah. right? But they're all Caucasian, or most of them were Caucasian. Like they, they could find like three Asian people for this movie, one black dude, and like one Italian dude.
0: But then they couldn't find any Hispanic people to be a Hispanic gang. Yeah, what city is this? Do we even know? Does it matter? I uh, maybe I don't. Know. It's the city from the Warriors.
2: He not he gets pushed to the ground, and the guyver rolls out of his backpack. And, like, here's my suspension of disbelief. You've got a gang of dudes, and they see some type of weird thing that's, like, the size of an expensive dinner plate. And none of them are like, yo, let's pick that up. That seems like it's valuable. But instead, they just smash his face into it, creating the guyver. Which I wish that that had been, like,
1: the way that he had to get the guyver on every time, just like get the (laughs) shipping out of him and like smash his forehead into the round part. Like the the inner logic of what the Giver mechanisms are is really, they're they're playing fast and loose with the logic of that. And I mean, like it is dumb.
2: I'd like to uh, consult- the opening credit scroll again with the line, how to activate it remains a mystery, which means that for years they've had it and no one was like, hey, we tried just smashing our face into it. <laughs> <laughs> and now we get introduced to the Zoonoi leader uh, who is Dr. Hill from, oh, yeah. from, from yes. Animator. And he has... And guess what else he does in this movie? He creeps on the lead girl. <laughs> Very hard. And there's a scene where, for no explainable reason, he's just just got a napkin dangling from his coat for an entire monologue. Isn't it tucked in his
0: pants. Like,
2: <laughs> well, he was like it's... eating dinner and he gets up and it's just like dangling from the coat the entire time. And he, he gets a toaster. They, they think that they've stolen the Giver, but instead they've stolen an ordinary toaster that doesn't even do a very good job of making toast. Uh, it makes me think of that, like haunted toaster bit that was going around the internet this past October. At this point, any actual story kind of just gets put on hold for approximately 45 minutes of the Guyver fighting these alien creatures. (laughs) Uh, The biggest highlight being, for me, the monster movie set sequence in which Jimmy Walker jumps over a wall and ends up in a horror movie sequence with, I believe, Linnea Quigley. Oh, I'm pretty sure. That's Linnea Quigley, dude. As
1: soon as she starts screaming, I was like, oh, my God, it's my girl Linnea. And then i I like, I I don't think I've ever gone to IMDb so fast to check. It is hard to find any of the bit roles that she's done um, on her IMDb because she's been in everything. You want to know what her credit is in this movie? Scream Queen.
0: (laughs) It's appropriate. Yes, it is.
1: Of, of all the movies of the last like six months, I feel like the Giver of of them all is the one that I wished most that Megan was sitting next to me and like <laughs> periodically looking over. <laughs> oh, man, because this just I love that. I, I think that that scene might be my favorite because it felt like Ninja Turtles.
0: Uh, Ninja Turtles three, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. One hundred percent.
1: I was thinking Ninja Turtles. Two, because Ninja Turtles two is great, and Ninja Turtles three is just kind of a little. I want to say over the top, but it's that's not like the right term. I'm. I just it's it's kind of trying too hard, and it wasn't very entertaining.
2: Well, I feel like the biggest problem with Ninja Turtles three was that they were like, man, we need to get away from Shredder. Like, we did Shredder in two movies already. What can we do that's different? And instead of, like, I don't know, introducing Krang or any of the other hundreds of villains, they're like, let's take them back to ancient Japan for a bit. I was so disappointed when I saw that movie in theaters, and there was, like, no big rubber monster creatures for them to fight. It was just the turtles palling around in Japan for an hour and ten minutes or whatever that movie's length was. But I will say, Scott... I hate to break this to you, but have you watched Secret of the Ooze in the last, like, 10 years? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like it doesn't hold up to my childhood memories. I like it, but I don't love it like I used to. Okay. So here's my take
1: on TMNT 1 and 2. So – I always preferred Secret of the Ooze because I felt like the first one wasn't fun enough.
2: There's some, there's some heavy shit in the first movie, actually. Like it's a pretty, yeah. it's a pretty dark film. Yeah. It
1: actually really is like way, it's way too heavy for a kid's movie. Um, you know, and this is so weird, but when I watch Hellraiser 3, the, all the scenes in that apartment feel like the scenes when they're in April's apartment. <laughs> 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 well, I did not think that I'd get a fucking belly laugh out of you for that.
2: <laughs> well, because I'm imagining that scene in the Ninja Turtles but then just like pinhead randomly Man. popping up a case. I could be a fun fan like at it. I would love that so much. Yeah. Um okay, so so
1: Teenage mutant Ninja Turtles the first one. Um I love the Foot Clan shit. i I love the random dude who's like, go play. I think that's Shredder before he becomes Shredder. I don't. I can't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen the first one uh, because it really doesn't hold up. And they spend that like a bunch of time out in um, at that farm. It's just not very entertaining. But the second yeah, movie is... Yeah. It is a good time. Um, my... I have always had problems with it, even when I was a kid. So what was that like 94 when that movie came out?
2: Yeah, something like that. They, so I was like 11 or one 12
1: right when that movie came out. So it's just... The, no, that doesn't sound right. But I think that it was at the tail end of me being able to enjoy turtles, right? So um, I remember being super disappointed that they, that they did Super Shredder because I didn't like th- that idea at all. I really didn't like the concept of the Super Shredder because um, I didn't like the way the Shredder looked in the first one. I didn't like the fact that Oh, wait, it's saying, English?
2: Secret of the Us was 91, the same year as the oh, guy. For. Well,
0: that actually explains a whole lot now, doesn't it? That's interesting because the Guyver references Ninja Turtles. But, Do you remember that throwaway yeah, line? Yeah. Someone tells Mark like, "Oh, you out there chasing Ninja yeah, Turtles?" Yeah, but it's because Ninja Turtles must have been 89.
2: Well, 80 no, uh, Ninja Turtles <laughs> was 90. So this Holy was like shit. Okay. okay. Yeah. I wasn't lying when I said they rushed that second one into production like right away. The thing
1: I will say about Secret of the Ooze is that the the rubber suits were better. All the characters looked better in the second one, I think. I, I don't disagree with that. I was even okay with the fact that they should have done Bebop and Rocksteady, but we got the The Babies. The babies.
0: The babies.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really I don't have problems with Secret of the Ooze that I didn't have when I was a kid. Does that make sense?
2: That makes sense. All right. I'll I'll accept that. Okay. All right. Wait, wait,
1: wait. I have to say one thing before we get too much further because um, (laughs) I have it all in caps, but everyone chews gum in this movie. Everyone chews so much gum (laughs) and I love it.
2: (laughs) Um, All right. So there's this moment that's probably, my opinion, the best special effect in the movie, quote unquote, uh, but they rip the the main ball out of the head of the Giver and it's like a full on body melt sequence um, for for the Giver. And as a kid, I was like, well, he's dead. Like, I, <laughs> like, like, you know how like a lot of movies, you're just like, OK, well, like, I guess the hero will come back somehow. I was just like, holy shit, they killed the hero. Like, I was blown away. Yeah, you're like Mark Hamill finally gets to save the day. No. Yeah, I was like, Mark Campbell's going to become the next Guyver. Like, they're going to shove that in his face. Um, <laughs> so then we get to the actual Kronos Labs, and that's where we meet Jeffrey Combs. And did you catch what his name is? No. He's Dr. East. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. God. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I rolled my eyes and my and my head like rolled back. <laughs> I was so offended by that. But I, I'm, I'm super happy that Jeffy Combs is in this. Like I am such I, – I will forever be such a fan of him. Like he, uh,
2: Unfortunately, Lenina, Lenina Quigley gets more screen time than Jeffrey Combs in this movie as a throwaway joke. He's there for like two seconds, transforms into a, an alien and is murdered instantaneously. <laughs> so he's the one that eats the guyver eye, right? Yeah, and then it, like, has the Jaws reference when the fucking Giver blade pops out of his chest. Jaws? Don't you mean alien? No. The music is the Jaws scene when it happens. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. the blade okay. going up. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, I, also, I was like, kind of confused by the logic of that scene. Like, okay, so the the, the Giver spent, like, 12 hours regrowing a couple fleshy tentacles... And then it immediately grows to a six foot tall, full size Guyver out of Jeffy Combs' zoonoid body. Like, I, I just, I mean, really, if I had to find one point in this movie when I'm like, God, this is too much, this is too much for me to believe, that's where it breaks.
2: All right. I mean, I, I, I. Get the logic. He needed to, like, connect with a body, take over the body. Maybe when he takes off the Guyver suit, he's Jeffrey Combs now. Like, you don't know. Wow, I um, have not seen Guyver 2. Don't spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then we get to the big final fight, fight, and uh, I got to say, final monster could use some work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, no, you're missing what might be the best part of this movie is the part where... Screaming Mad George was like sitting down, sketching these monsters because, you know, he had a he had, you know, control of, over all the way these monsters look. So he's sitting there and he's like, you know what? I really loved doing that cockroach.
2: Oh, yeah. oh yeah. 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 Sorry. I f- forgot about Mark Hamill's yeah. unexplained Yeah. No, Mark, Mark Hamill <laughs> gets
1: turned into a cockroach or maybe it's a praying mantis, basically. But it's like the exact same it's just a permutation, oh, yeah. uh, pun intended, I guess, <laughs> of uh, of the cockroach kill in, in Nightmare 5, which I'm not complaining, but I, my favorite part of it is where they obviously had, like, a false floor, and they had Mark Hamill walk, like, three steps, and it looked like he, his head, like, moved forward, and his, like, had a thorax grow. Man, so simple, so effective.
2: Yeah, no, that, that uh... It's kind of sad, because, like, the whole argument is, like, he needed to stay in the incubation just a little bit longer. So, like, his final form, he kind of looks like the like, fucking Justin Long at the end of Tusk, where it's, like, <laughs> mostly cockroach, but, like, human eyes. Like, he's just like, please kill me. <laughs> then, well, luckily, but that's the thing is he's like, fucking kill me. And then he just dies. <laughs> like, uh, and then, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. Hill turns into like some type of crazy dragon creature that Ugh. doesn't move very quickly at all. Yeah, why would you, why would your final form
1: be so large that you can't even attack like a small, like, yeah, no. Okay, and also my biggest problem with the Guyver weapon system is that there's no fucking laser. Yeah. Like, there's sort of well, a laser at the end, but there's no
2: laser. I'm trying to remember if this happens in this movie or the sequel, but there is a point where the chest opens up in one of the movies. Yeah, yeah, it is okay, yeah. So he's got some mechanisms, but, yeah, like, lasers should shoot out of that eye in the front of his head. But, yeah, the fight is very quick, like, compared to how long it took him to take down all of the other minions throughout this movie. That fight is very disappointing. And then it just cuts to Jimmy Walker in his alien transformation and and the other detective that's been on the case with Mark Hamill, and they've been in cahoots, doesn't make any sense, no explanation where they're standing. It seems like they're supposedly standing just a couple feet away from where everything happened, but that doesn't seem to make any sense either. And it seems to only be so that Jimmy Walker can say his iconic line, dynamite, to end out the movie. Like That's the only reason it's there.
1: Ugh. That's the only uh, unforgivable part about this movie. uh, Honestly, this movie is total trash. I loved every second of it except for that. Yeah,
2: no, this movie, if you're looking for a movie to watch with your friends, like, this is is a movie night fucking movie. To a T. Is there any other notes Um, you guys have?
0: Just about some of the creature design. So Jimmy Walker's uh, monster, you know, how would you describe him? Uh,
2: Well, he's got, like, He's got. He almost looks like a gremlin with bat ears. Yeah, he's the dopey gremlin.
0: <laughs> I, Gremlins, what? I kind of thought that too, but upon more thought and looking at it, it looks like a predator had sex with Jar Jar Binks.
2: Oh my god!
0: <laughs> and it's like, yeah. And that could have happened. I mean, if we're saying like all these space, like maybe that—that's what he looks like. A predator had sex with Jar Jar Binks, in my opinion. But
1: oh my god, I, I, I'm uh, so many Jar Jar ideas. Of things to say just came into my mind and left immediately because I was like I'm not going to debase us like that <laughs> I, I respect you too much you know that Guyver 2 just skyrocketed to the top of my list if Matt says it's good and he, and he loves it more than this one holy hell Ah, the
0: land of the rising sun, join us, won't you, O oh, Shlapu Podcast, where you shall receive Dick Joke. And this kid's boner is bigger than my thumb, and I'm a big dude. <laughs> if, this, if he grows into this dick,
2: he's going to be seven feet tall. He's- Titty Joke. And her nipples are perk. Oh my god, <laughs> I have a note as well. Poop joke. The joke guy goes, and he uh, flexes, it <laughs> pops the sword straight out. <laughs> he pushes it out like a poop.
0: And the rest. Black guy's naked. Black
2: guy's naked too.
0: White guy's naked. They're both naked. They're all fucking naked. Go to www.urshlacker.com. That's O S C H L O C K U.com.
2: So what did you guys watch this week? I watched... Uh, I'll highlight three movies. So I'm doing something a little bit different. As you know, there's probably going to be a little bit of a space in our weekly newsletter, or our monthly newsletter. Uh, so to fill that space, I'm going to be writing uh, movie reviews for some of the movies that I watched this week. So I'm going to keep my portion of this fairly short and just kind of give the the Cliff Notes versions of what the reviews will be. But uh, I saw the movie Neon Demon because uh, I was hearing nothing but good things about it, mm. yeah. uh, and I liked it. It was a slightly better starry eyes in my mind. I definitely think it had some good gross effects, so I would recommend it. Uh, I also watched Killer Eye from Full Moon Pictures, and that's about as good as a hour and five minute movie about a giant eyeball attacking people in... Charles Band's family's castle could possibly be. <laughs> <laughs> and, and finally, uh, before we recorded, I mentioned this briefly to Brian, but I watched the movie Communion, starring Christopher Walken. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's like, I have no clue how to feel about that movie. Uh, some elements of it are good and creepy, and other elements, it's like, wow, are these aliens just inflatable alien dolls that they have someone puppeteering the arms for? Because they look like shit. But all in all, I I might watch it again. I don't know. When it's boring, it's really fucking boring. But the abduction scenes are pretty cool. It's like Fire in the Sky. Fire in the Sky was like great abduction scene, boring everything else. And that's it for me.
1: So um, I'm going to talk about a couple TV shows. Uh, First of all, um, I don't know if I've ever mentioned it before, but... Uh, I was a big nerd growing up and I never went anywhere without a book, like a big ass book before I got into Stephen King and all the hand job scenes in in Stephen King books. I read um, a bunch of fantasy books and uh, I read the entire, at the time, the entirety of the Shannara series by Terry Brooks. And uh, when the, uh, Shanra Chronicles came out on, they're on Netflix, but I think that they might have been an MTV thing first, I don't know uh, I, I was like, eh, I'll get to that eventually because it wasn't actually fo- I, as far as I know, it's not really following the storyline from the books that I remember um, and because of that I I just was not super interested, plus it's a fantasy TV show and a lot of fantasy TV shows don't interest me. I don't watch Game of Thrones, although Megan and I have had many conversations about how I should, how we should. But um, I just, I, I don't know. I love sword and sorcery shit, but for whatever reason, I'd rather watch a movie like Dragon Slayer instead of watching 15 episodes in a series, uh, you know, where they could get that shit done in two hours, you know? Anyway, uh, so I, I tried to watch like, as much of this shanra show as i could i got about mm, two and a half episodes in before they finally used the elf stones which is all i cared to see and it was like pulling teeth it wasn't riverdale bad but it was it was like flash season two bad so that if that if that's any indicator i it might be if you watch those shows but in any case the the cgi sucks the, the actors suck everybody's trying to like have sex with everybody else it's like very odd maybe it's just bad acting but everybody everybody's like flirting it's so weird so anyway I, I got to the part where they did some shitty CGI and the Elfstones vaporized the uh, flying demon and I was like "Yep, oh, good enough for me so I pieced out of that took it off my Netflix watch queue and there we go so anyway that was one the next one that I want to mention is um, Future Man
2: mm. which you guys know yeah, about Future I watched Man it. yeah, it's on yeah. Hulu you, oh, yeah. you I watched just it heard as well. About it yesterday at work, and it seems amazing. It's oh. not. <laughs>
1: um, uh, everybody that uh, now, Brian, what, what's your take on it? Just like a one one sentence before um, I rip it apart time travel, dick and farts. Yeah, I know, but like, what,
0: what what's your takeaway? Do you like it? Do you dislike? It? Oh, I thought you just wanted a quick description. Um, I enjoyed it, uh, but I I really enjoy time travel stuff. This kind of butchers a lot of the rules and stuff like that. Uh, I did enjoy it. I didn't think it was fantastic, but I did enjoy it.
1: I, I think that I enjoyed a couple jokes. Uh, I definitely, and this isn't a spoiler, but
0: the, uh, I'm fucking you with your own dick is pretty funny.
1: That's about <laughs> yeah, the, 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 uh,
2: the, that's the only joke that, that I really like. the trailer, because my friend made me watch the trailer at work yesterday that made me laugh out loud, which was the, uh, him moonwalking, and it's a parody of Back to the Future, where he's like. Hey, Michael, it's your cousin Tito. You know that dance you've been looking for?
1: (laughs) (laughs) See, you know, okay, this is, you may really enjoy it. Um, I felt like the jokes were all, I could see them coming a mile away. Yeah, Yeah. And actually, the other best joke is in the trailer where um, Wolf and and Tiger show up uh, from the future. Okay, so the the concept of the show is that um, PETA, Malark, from... um, from the hunger games is a janitor and um uh he like has no life and he like they they show up from the future because he beats this video game that was supposed to be like a training episode uh training uh last starfighter exercise yeah and they make a joke that he's like oh this is the last starfighter that was a really good joke because it's obscure enough that you have to like because last starfighter is kind of it's kind of gotten forgotten by the by you know the
2: best best last starfighter joke i've ever seen in any tv show is the clerks animated series oh the
0: pyramid building game
2: yeah yeah where (laughs) randall's really good at playing a game where you build pyramids and then he's like oh man this was like the last starfighter and you're like exactly and then they just drive him to egypt and he's in slave labor building pyramids (laughs)
1: like
2: (laughs) (laughs) But anyway,
1: I, I don't, I don't love it. Um, uh, but you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that I watched it. It was, I guess I'm just a little bit more confused why so many people that have watched it and said something about it. You know, in my circle of friends, have been like, it's fucking hilarious because I just did not think the jokes were as funny as. Well, they could if it says anything,
0: I'd completely forgotten I'd watched the entire thing until you brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, hey, have you watched it? Yeah, I, I would say if you have a Hulu
1: subscription, give like the first two episodes a chance. If you can do that, slog through the next two. And then I think by the episode six, it gets better. But if you don't have Hulu, I wouldn't be like, go get Hulu so you can watch it. You know, like how I'm always like, Go get shutters so you can watch this, that, or the other thing.
0: Brian, what did you watch this week? Well, I'll plow through this real quick. Um, not so much watching, but some stuff kind of uh, related briefly. I've been reading this book called "Paperbacks from Hell." Have you guys heard of this?
2: I oh, have. I- That's the book about like movie novelizations, right?
0: Yeah, movie novelizations—the big paperback horror boom that took place and arranged from the late seventies to the early nineties. Uh, it is fantastic. Like you don't even have to read it because all the most of the book is just pictures of horror novel covers like paperback horror novel covers, which is, uh, really fun to flip through. Highly recommend. If you know someone who's into horror, it would make a great gift. Um, movie wise. I went back and rewatched home alone actually, which I haven't seen for a while. Um, still a very enjoyable movie. Uh, I recommend if you have children that are younger and haven't seen the movie yet, it it still works fantastically. Like, by the end of it, kids will be saying all the lines. You know, it's it's great. And then, uh, lastly, I dusted off my copy of Zombies Ate My Neighbors for Super NES. Oh, yeah! (laughs) And I've been having a blast with that. I don't know if anyone's made it far enough into the game, but the further you go into the game... <laughs> um, which admittedly, you know, I had to pull out a game genie to really get towards the end. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, okay, because I thought oh, you were like God. humble bragging, like, you know,
0: if you get
2: as far no, as I did in the game, <laughs> the levels, some
0: of the parodies that end up happening, there's literally a tremors.
2: That's a level I could never beat. Okay. That was the level that always got me. I couldn't find the last person to save for my fucking life when I played that tremors level. Yeah, it's
0: great. And actually, the very last level, if you beat the game. You actually get to play the credits, which is a genius way to do credits of the game. Like you actually go through the Lucas Arts building and you're saving the employees. That's the credits of the game of uh, Zombies Ate My Neighbors. So That's when you so cool. when you save them, it says who they are and what they did on the game, you know, Um it's, it's great so and genius. no one will ever know that because you can't ever get to that freaking level but uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. so yeah that's about
2: it scott i got that for super nintendo so i'm gonna go ahead and bring that and the super nintendo to monster mania in march so we can play this shit out of some zombies ain't my neighbors yeah dude I'm, I'm gonna need to get like a game genie so we can actually get
1: anywhere in that fucking game like i have no qualms i am 35 years old and i have no time to actually learn how to play a game. I just want
2: to see the end. (laughs) All right. Well, that was the Giver from 1991 as voted by you guys. I think you made the right choice. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> and you didn't even I have a great. horse. Or, well, you had a horse in this race, but it was not this horse. Uh, uh, you know what? Honestly, uh, you
1: know uh, my pick was Too Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. And this is <laughs> such a better
2: movie. <laughs> I, I, Megan's going to hate my guts when she hears me say that. Um, we will be back. As always, uh, we are having rotating guests, but we want to thank Brian for being here for the last two episodes. Uh, we will be having, I believe, Kyle will be our next guest. Uh, Kyle made a film called Fantastic. You should absolutely check it out. It's a great documentary about horror conventions. I've seen it as well. It's great. Um, So stay tuned for that. And we'll be back with another great episode of Horror Movie Night. Thank you again, Brian, for everything. Oh, and uh, go check out uh, Jennifer, help us. We didn't even mention that this entire 45 minutes or whatever. Jennifer, help us. Brian Berger's movie.
0: See you.